Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Maine Outdoor Enthusiast Podcast. So I guess we're going to add a podcast to the mix. Yeah. Basically going to give us another layer of content to add a little more raw, uh, you know, talk about hunting, fishing, all that good stuff, hiking, camping, all the stuff we like to do. Uh, so yeah, just another avenue to, to throw content up, maybe throw it on some different uh, platforms. Once we build the library, we'll start with YouTube, do some video podcasts, stuff like that. And then maybe throw it on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, stuff like that. Yeah. If, if things go as planned, kind of just winging it, flying by the seat of our pants right now. Um, but you know, originally when I started the YouTube channel, didn't really have any intents on doing a podcast. Um, seems like everyone's doing a podcast yeah. nowadays, but as time has progressed, there's definitely a need for it. People ask questions, um, want to know about different things. And it's kind of hard to always incorporate that into a video. Yeah. Plus you had to edit that stuff and, and go through that whole process. So something that's a little, a little raw, a little and un uncut. I can be raw. Would be, yeah. I it, can be pretty raw, so. That doesn't need any editing. So um, I guess just to give an intro who we are, I'm Paul. I'm Mark. And he's my father. Yeah. I'm your son. You're my son. Started a YouTube yeah. channel. That's what the DNA test That's said right. anyway, Paul. That's right. yeah. yeah. You didn't jump the fence. Your mom didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I started a YouTube channel, what, a year? Just over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's been maybe a year and a half, Paul. It, it was, was before deer season, wasn't it? It was a year November 1st. Yeah. So and, getting uh, close to a year and a half. The idea behind that was, you know, like, we like the outdoors. We like, again, hunting, fishing, hiking, all that good stuff like consuming that content, kind of feel that there's less and less people doing it nowadays. And kind of just wanted to add to that, yeah. how we do it, why we do it. Not really into how-to videos, stuff like that. Um, you know, kind of everyone has their own nuances on how they hunt or fish. And especially Maine has its own unique methods of hunting. Yeah. In particular. Yeah. So, you know, kind of wanted to throw stuff like that out there. Um, kind of have fun with it. You do. You were always recording. Yeah, I like to, and Stuff I like, like to go that. back and look at them. I still do. So, so figured, hey, why not share it with with yeah. everyone? Yeah, I know I enjoy. That's probably one of my biggest hobbies is to watch uh, hunting and fishing uh, channels yeah. on YouTube. Well, I, you can learn a lot. Even yeah. I just enjoy it. I just enjoy watching them. Yeah, and even. Like indirectly, someone may not literally be teaching you something, but they do something, yeah. and you're like, hmm, I never thought of, yeah. never thought of doing that, yeah. I never thought of trying that. Um, but plus, they're entertaining. You they, know? Yeah, to me, they are. That's and again, that's my entertainment. Yeah, so. and you know, hunting in particular is something that feels kind of being pushed to the wayside, and, and uh, so I guess just anything to kind of promote that is good. And you know, when we originally started the channel kind of felt that kind of struggled or fought with, do you do just hunting, just fishing? Um, Cause I know they say, you know, get, get a niche down with all that happy horse. Yeah. But I figured there's a lot of guys like me who like to hunt and fish, right? Right. Like, you know, that are yeah. excited about both, passionate about yeah. both. And, you know, I get just as excited for fishing season as I do for hunting season, fishing season is a little more drawn out. Yeah. So 
I feel with hunting, you the, get the a, excitement's a little more urgent. You There's get a more ma- urgency. You get to make hay when the sun shines. You get a limited it, time, and especially with your life, uh, particularly, uh, you don't have many days yeah, you can hunt. Particularly so. in November, I, I like to rifle hunt for deer. Yeah, we've got four weeks that we can do it. Yeah. So there's definitely a sense of urgency. Yeah. And if you if a person in Maine has no vacation time, you can't hunt on Sunday in Maine. No. So you're limited to maybe four maybe, days. Maybe four days. A season. Yeah. yeah. Which is not enough. No. Um, and it goes by like that. Yeah. So yeah, I figured, you know, there's a lot of people like myself, I gotta assume, that love to both hunt and fish and do outdoor activities. So I kind of grouped the whole thing together. Might be a little broad, but if you don't like fishing, ignore that part. If you don't like hunting, ignore that part. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna jump into the podcast arena and and have fun with that. Yeah. So it'll be in addition to our, our videos. I kind of have a routine of posting videos. I've never specifically said I'm gonna post a video on this day every week. I don't wanna put myself in that box. Yeah. Life gets busy. Boy, yeah, and, and you don't want to do. And, you and know, most of the you don't channels, want you don't want to put yourself in that. No, under most that of the channels, Paul. They sometimes they go for a long period of time before they. Uh, yeah. Between videos, they just they do. Yeah. But it, you know, I consistency is important to me. With well, you got anything to keep your audience or whatever. And you also, wanna. you know, it fits the way I have it structured right now. It fits well with my work yeah. and and life routine. So keep with that. Podcasts will be in addition, just kind of throw in to address other issues. And of course, you're in it for stuff. the money. Oh, 100%. Yeah, the, the box. Yeah, uh, yeah. rolling yeah. on the dough. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I do it because I. it's actually become so much fun. And, and oddly enough, I like boring stuff. And it, it's become a blast. So that would be me. <laughs> it's become a blast. That would be me. Editing videos. Yeah. I, I just like editing videos. And kind of getting it, you can get down some wicked rabbit holes. Yeah. Um, I like learning new stuff too. And so I've kind of made it my goal. When I do a video, I really don't think about, and maybe I should, but I don't think about like, uh, how many views can I get with this? Or how, like, how many subscribers? I kind of, I want to learn new things. And I've kind of made it my goal with every video is I, I gotta learn two new things, at least two new things with every video whether it's editing stuff or like tech stuff with cameras and stuff like that, angles or, or you know, um, different types of shots or, um, so I kind of wanted to grow in that area. So I guess I'm not always thinking about, you know, yeah. like I, I want stuff to be interesting. Right. But I want to learn, it's, it's I want to learn some stuff. Yeah. And I kind of feel like if you just try to improve yourself yeah. and do higher quality stuff along the way. Eventually all the other stuff will fall into place, but yeah. Yeah. You're, the money, not, the money part of it is. And you're not gonna beg for subscribers and stuff. And it's no, it, it's, no. it's rewarding if people do like, you know, that you yeah. get uh, people watching and stuff, but but that can also be maybe sometimes disappointing too, I think that, uh, but. Yeah, you can't get too worried about it. No, no. You know, I, I thought, you know. We, we don't live with a thumbs up and a thumbs down, so. No. No, yeah. but no, it's been a blast doing it. So yeah, figured we'd add some, some podcast like stuff to it. Um, like I said, didn't think I would be jumping into that yeah. arena, but and dragging me with you. Yeah, you didn't even know today. No, I, had I told no I, t- idea. I told Dad I said, hey, 
want to come out, uh, well, it was a couple of days ago. I told dad, I want to come out in the morning and do a video. Yeah. So he shows up ready to build, yeah, I build get, a cedar uh, strip I get, canoe. I got long end. I, I envisioned being in the garage without heat. And yeah. uh, it's 33, yeah. 33 degrees right now. And so I put on long underwear and, and my, and I thought, well, there, I'll be dressed. Uh, I'll be somewhat warm anyway. Yeah. And I had a vision of success. And I'm in my mind, we're cutting out forms for, <laughs> for nope. staging for, for the uh, canoe. So he gets here and, hey, we're, we're doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast. Yeah. What the heck, a podcast? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll jump right in. I guess we're going to start with some fishing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Ice out fishing. Ice out fishing. Yeah. One of my favorite things. One of my all time. I've been doing it since I was oh, four or five years old, sitting in a boat in early May. So a lot of good memories. Yeah. A lot of good memories. With your father. With my dad and my brother. Yeah. Trolling tandem yeah. streamers on the surface in the, yeah, in the Fish River Chain of Lakes there. Yep. Yeah. So we'll start with that. We're uh, today, you were mentioning today's the uh, the very first day of April 1st, so, first day of open water fishing here. So April 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Open, Only on the calendar is it open uh, water fishing or, or the law book. Is it open water fishing? I, I don't think there's going to be many people out there today. So uh, ice out fishing has always been a big part of our life, more so yours and yeah. the mine. So yeah, I guess we'll so we'll back up to my grandfather, your father. Yeah, loved to ice out. That that was the, that was the one thing he did a little bit of hunting. He did uh, some fishing, uh, but ninety percent of his fishing, or maybe more, was uh, when you know a week or two after the ice went out up in the uh, Fish River chain of lakes, uh, trolling for salmon and trout. He only wanted to take him on the surface with flies. That was, that, that was that the was only his. way that he felt that uh, you should fish for salmon and trout. So once they went deep, when the water warmed up, he was uh, he was done fishing. So just to give a brief overview of what, I guess, what we call ice out fishing, basically right when the ice goes out, yeah. we start yeah. trolling for salmon and trout. Yeah. And you mentioned we predominantly fish the Fisher River Chain Lakes. Right. Which is, well, long, Mud, Cross, Square, and Eagle Lake, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly salmon and trout. Mo yeah, yeah. Um, which the salmon numbers, at least we're at our home lake, which is yeah. Mud Lake, which is where our, our camp is at, um, the salmon numbers have fallen yeah. the past few it, years. It's nothing like it was 30 years ago. And, uh, and uh, now you can go out on the lake, you can spend days after the ice goes out on 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 the lake and maybe see one or two other boats in that time and i can remember as a as a young boy that uh it was nothing to see a dozen boats on the lake when the ice went up and you caught a lot of salmon you caught trout too but you get a lot of salmon now you uh you get mostly trout and even that with the introduction of uh, white perch a few years ago the trout fishing. Well, that's, is, uh, that's, a, that's something we'll talk about. Yeah. In a minute yeah. with the perch. It is hurt the uh, hurt the trout fishing there, and I don't know where that's all going to shake out. What's going to happen with that? So. So yeah. So it used to be like I remember when I was a kid, we used to catch a lot of salmon. Yeah, we and did. Our, and now in the lake that we fish most of the time is shallow. 
Yeah. So nothing there during 20, the summer. Twenty feet deep. So they, they they're they residual. Were, they were transitory fish yeah. Yeah, that, that maybe had come down into the thoroughfares to spawn and then spent the winter in, uh, in uh, the lake. And, and as soon, around Memorial Day weekend, when the water started warming up, they would, uh, they would migrate out up to, yeah. up to Long or down to Cross. Or so I guess one hypothesis that I guess we've talked about on why the salmon fishing has become poorer is the fact that fall time there's less native salmon coming over to spawn. Yeah. Possibly from a stocking program of salmon that's going on in yeah. some of the other lakes, which yeah. they don't spawn right over into into our lake. Um, cause typically yeah, because fall time you can have some good salmon fish. Used to be there again. And there's not many fish coming no, to spawn. No, I'm about the only person that uh 30 years ago, you would go down in the thoroughfare. lined up. It used to be shoulder to shoulder. It was combat fishing. It used to be shoulder combat to shoulder fishing. in the end of September. And uh, when water conditions were, were right, when it was high and cold. And now, I'm pretty much the only the only person left to, to fish there. And you still so, catch a few. Yeah, some years in there, again, it depends on water conditions. If the water's high and, high and cold, you'll... The fish might be there, and if it's low and warm, they're uh, we, they don't come in until October after the season's over. Yeah, there was one one fall where there was hardly any water. Yeah, we've it had was, a few falls like that. It uh, and everybody talks about that in other podcasts and stuff. That uh, you know, we fall or winter is pushed later. You know, later out, we have warmer, lower water later into the season than we did. 40 or 50 years ago. So that affects that fishing quite a bit. Yeah, well, so. Too bad spring wouldn't come a little bit sooner. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It doesn't seem like spring is... Uh, no. The ice always seems to go out up there in the, you know, the first week of May. Always seems just to like be... Just like clockwork. Just like clockwork. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing how things kind of always balance out Yeah. come springtime. Yeah. I think the earliest we've been fishing was April 25th. There was, yeah. Maybe actually yeah. a couple years ago. It was there like was a few years ago. The ice went out in. like the middle of April. We had a, a, yeah. a really warm spring and uh, the ice went out early. We were fishing. We were fishing the uh, middle of April up there. Yeah. So. So you made another point that could change the fisheries. The fact that there's been introduction of white perch. Yeah. Into the. Yeah. Fish River chain lakes. Yeah. And I, was it three, was it three years ago? Well, I first, uh, yeah, I first saw one, I think two or, I think it was two years ago. Be three years ago this, uh, and uh, it was funny. We uh, had a friend up there, we were trolling and he caught a fish and he reeled it in and, and he <clears> said, <throat> oh, a white perch. And he, he threw it out back and I'm thinking, there's no white perch that, in here. That was a white perch. And so I kind of looked it up and because I'd never seen one before. And sure enough, it was a white perch. So then I went out and tried to catch and it was easy to catch, uh, you know, those uh, lots of them in the lake. They, that was three years ago? I think it was three years ago. And it wasn't, I, no, it was two, it wasn't last summer. It was the summer before, okay, I think. two years ago. And then... And, and I don't know where they came from. I got a hold of the biologist, and he had told me they, the the lakes they were in, they were pretty much in all the lakes. 
and and I'm assuming maybe ice fishermen threw a bucket. I I don't know, but uh, but uh, there's lots of them now, for yeah. sure. So I think he, he had said three years. It was three years prior to you catching that that they first yeah had got reports yeah. that there was yeah. white perch in the fisheries. Yeah. So it looks like so according to that to them, it won't affect really the salmon fishery. More right. of the brook trout. Yeah, they were more concerned that they, the, the, they, they, were, they were a fish that, that uh, might compete with brook trout a lot more than, certainly not togue. Togue is a deep water fish, and, but uh, the brook trout, they would, uh, they would compete with the brook trout. They and were, certainly outcompete a brook trout. So They reproduce like crazy. Yeah, 300,000, I think it said for a one-pound female, where yeah. a one-pound female brook trout is about 300 eggs. All so. Right. It doesn't take long for them to overwhelm a, a fishery. Um, they're a springtime spawner, right? I believe they are, I Paul. Think so. yeah, I, I think, think maybe early June or something. I'm, I'm not okay, sure, yeah. but I, I think that you're right. Not, that would be springtime anyway. I'm quite sure they are a springtime spawner. So, Because last spring fishing, going into the thoroughfare, yeah. there was white perch all you yeah driving in you can see the backs yeah. of them everywhere. Yeah. we actually caught some in uh, i think uh, going up the thoroughfare in uh in square lake so yeah so we'll see how it uh, how it all affects uh, you know time will tell yeah with, with stuff like that you never know how it will pan out yeah there's so many yeah there's so many factors involved there are but because if you think back to the days of even when they started stocking programs in the state, because remember Rangeley Lakes region used to have huge brook trout. Yeah, that 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 uh, right. They uh, got large off the blueback. Blueback, uh, yeah, the, the Arctic char and stuff. And uh, when the introduction of salmon, so they, you know, and great smell. idea. It'd be a great watershed to throw in some salmon because yeah. they would, yeah. they would. Yeah, sometimes we flourish. Do, yeah, like sometimes we do things and we don't well, understand you, the long-term effects of. Uh, it's hard to see in the future down the road yeah. to see exactly because yeah. you never know. Yeah, how many, how many things it's actually going right. to affect. So it ended up, what they decimated the blueback population. Yeah, and yeah. essentially, the big brook trout didn't left. destroy the brook trout fishery, but, but yeah, the you, big ones are gone. You sacrificed the good. Yeah. Yeah, they cost some huge. Yeah, huge double trout digit. They, yeah, the, uh, the Rangeley area was known for double digit brook trout. So, so yeah, so you never know what's going to happen. Of course, you live and learn. So now I think Maine is probably one of the best states as far as preserving native brook trout fisheries. Yeah, yeah we have. They're very good about not stalking. Right. Fish on a on a native. On, yeah, on they they try native not watersheds, to, yeah. which is. Phenomenal. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them props on that because most states across the country, they they have no yeah. no native populations anymore. Yeah, Not, we, nowhere we have I mean. by far the largest yeah. you know percentage of the population you know of any place in the in the country. And so, I always I always took that for granted growing up. Well, yeah, because you can go to any. I, you don't I have thought to go, everyone right. You can go anywhere here within any stream that's within you know. A mile of your house or whatever, they all have brook trout, and, catch, and that's the that's the way it is all across here in Arista County. They're and catch native, native brook, brook trout. They're not. Yeah. The first time that I guess it really opened my eyes to it was I was in Maryland for training, and you guys, I remember I had you guys ship out my fly rod 
Yeah. Because there were some good streams to fish in Maryland. And I remember going through the law books and there was all kinds of watersheds that were put and take. Yeah. So they they get so warm, I guess come midsummer or, or and shallow, they lose so much water that the fish won't survive the entire right. year. They put a bunch of fish in there. Right. To go catch. Right. And I was like, it's almost like fishing at a farm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah There's all kinds of, they were just put and take. They stalk them and you go catch them. And like you say, they don't mind you keeping them because uh, the survivor, they're, 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 they're not going to survive. Gonna and it's, it's there for a sport. They're providing a, a sport fishery for the, the anglers and stuff. And, and that even happens in Maine too. You know, there's, there's places that they, they stock fish with the idea you're going to take them out, you know, that it's not going to be a self-sustaining fishery. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially, what was it? Didn't they accidentally stock a place? They've salmon? done that a number of and times. And they basically are like any, any salmon you catch. Right. That was them. up in Dubuli. Oh, was it? That, the, was, that okay. was in Dubuli. Yeah. They, they dropped some salmon in Which Dubuli. has bluebacks. Which has blueback. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah. They, that actually happened in Dubuli. Now, whether I, uh, and of course, I don't have my finger on that pulse, but uh, I don't know if, they, if they've if they caught any out of there, you know, recently, or, you know, if they pretty much just died off. There wasn't enough in there to, I don't know. I haven't heard anything on that. How did it happen? I, you know, I knew the story at one time, but I cannot remember. They, they I, I don't know. I don't know how they, I know they stalk, or I'm pretty sure they stalked uh, Toad Pond up there. So whether that somehow got mixed up, Bing. I don't know. I knew I, I heard the story at one time, but it's been quite a few years and I, I wouldn't dare say. So. That was a big no-no. It happens. Yeah. That's, that's the problem, you know, just like the white perch, you know, mistakes happen, things happen. I, I don't know if that was a mistake. That, and you're right, that may, somebody I, may have, I suspect. Uh, Someone was, because again, people get, you know, an idea that, oh, I like catching white perch. Yeah. yeah. Let's throw some white perch in there and don't really understand the ramifications right. that can come from. And they did that a lot with uh, smallmouth bass, which aren't native, I believe, to Maine, anywhere in Maine. And now they're one of the great fisheries in Maine and yeah. they're everywhere. And like the, like the, uh, like the uh, white perch, they, they outcompete, you know, the native fish the the salmon and trout yeah and uh yeah they're so once they get in there they're hard to get out and they and they do well they thrive in our waterways so yeah and it's, you know i guess a watershed like that you don't want to reclaim the whole thing which yeah. which they they do with smaller bodies of water yeah they'll chemically reclaim the yeah. let's say if it's a pond yeah i mean because i did this one summer with one of the biologists was they, they chemically reclaimed a pond. Some fish were introduced, yeah. some bait fish of some sorts were introduced into this pond, overtook the pond, was hurting the the uh, brook trout fishery. Yeah. And so they chemically reclaimed it. Yeah. And then got rid of everything. Basically yeah. started with a clean slate, stocked it with some, yeah. some trout. That is extremely it's a difficult process, a costly process, and and you don't know if it's going to be successful or not because you got to literally get everything out of there, which yeah. can be very difficult when you're talking tributaries and and one of the one of the the big projects they had that every, most people know about is Big Reed Pond with the blueback and taking the smelt out of there, 
and that was a that was a major undertaking. Far as I know, it was successful, but it was that's that's uh, one place we want to visit. Yeah, which we haven't made it into. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So that pond that we chemically reclaimed that that was an interesting thing because now I go back and I catch fish there. Yeah, and I think yeah that I played a role in. I think we put two thousand brook trout in the pond, and then was that local here? Was that no, that was up in the North Main Woods. Okay. Um, so 2,000 brook trout in the pond and then 500 fry up the stream. Yeah. And as far as I know, I haven't been back there fishing in a while, but um, it was successful. Yeah. I don't know. And that would have been 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was in my early 20s. Yeah. Late teens when we did it. Yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. That was a lot of fun. So the other concern with the Fish River Chain Lakes region is muskie get in there. Yeah. I was just talking to someone about that the other day. Yeah. So basically they just have what, Fish River Falls to get yeah. past? Yeah, the, the, the muskie, of course, it's all through the St. John, John River watershed. And, and of course, our, our lakes are connected to that through the Fish River. And, and uh, the only thing that has stopped them is the... Is the uh, Fish River Falls there in Fort Kent. And it's almost a matter of time before uh, yeah, you yeah. have high water of some sort. They or... say that's the danger in the springtime when there's high water, they can yeah. they can kind of circumvent the falls, maybe go around into the woods through high water and uh, yeah. And wouldn't so, they have a field day? They would. With all yeah. the yellow perch. Yeah. Just like chub. they just like they did in the St. John River with all the fall fish and stuff. There's unlimited, you know almost unlimited feed for them with all yep. the chub, especially in our lake. There's a lot of yellow perch and chub and of course white perch now. You, sc you scared the heck out of me one time. You sent me a picture, I was at work. You would up at the camp fishing and you, uh, you took a drive over to the St. John. Yes. Because you, you wanted to catch a muskie on a fly rod. Yeah, yeah. And you sent me a picture of the great big muskie. Yeah. First time I'd ever muskie Standing fish, out in yeah. front of the camp. And I'm like, please yeah. tell me you did not catch that yeah. out. No, yeah, no I caught that. My heart sound. Right at, really, that. right at the mouth of the uh, Fish River, though, in Fort Kent, I caught it. That would have been bad. And I caught it on a fly rod, but I was trolling a Rapala. But I had monofilament. I think I had 12-pound test monofilament. And I didn't think I'd land the fish. You didn't I, catch it on a fly rod? No, I caught it on a fly rod. But you weren't, okay. But I wasn't yeah. fly fishing. I, I was trolling a, uh, a Rapala. Okay. Yeah. So that, so that brings me to, so our trolling setup, what do we use? I've had a few people ask, you know, what we use to troll with. Yeah. It's nothing novel. No, it's, it's been nothing, going on. It's very, it's very it's much pretty, a tradition pretty, in Maine, the way we do it. And, pretty and that's why we do it. It's traditional. Yep. Just, I, uh, I mean, I use a sink tip, fairly heavy rod, um, eight weight yeah. fly rod, but sometimes lighter tackle. I think I used to use a five weight. Yeah. Um, Sink yeah. tip fly line, yeah. Long, we use a level leader for that 20 foot, Just uh, a long 12 level. pound test level leader. Fluorocarbon, I, I use fluorocarbon yeah. and a tandem streamer. Yeah, I use a two and, tandem streamer, right? I have a front fly and a yeah. dropper. I use two tandems that, uh, and of course, we're right on top. The The water's cold, the ice has just gone out. We, we yeah. tend tend to target in front of the brooks, the smelter running at yeah. that time, first of May, the smelter running and 
the salmon and trout are in there chasing them. So and it, it can be it can be really hit or miss. It can be. You can have an hour or two. Yeah. You catch all kinds of fish, and then it just like light switch. Yeah. It's it's gone. Yeah. You can go out one day and do really well, and you can go out the next day and not get a strike. You just uh, I, that's happened to me quite often. And so that's the benefits of being retired. Yeah, is well, you can consistently yeah, go, yeah, and then yeah, you hit those days. Uh, yeah, because there's so many times that I go. Right, you, just... your time is limited, and I don't know how my time is going to be this year. I get jury duty, so my jury duty extends. Couldn't get out of that. <laughs> no, I've already got. No, you couldn't I... come up with some excuse. No, to... I don't have an excuse. Not a good one, anyway. I don't think uh, ice out fishing. The judge would. Uh, would accept that excuse. You're so, pregnant. Yeah. No, no, that's uh, so we'll see how that works out. I don't want to push the panic button right yet, but but I am jury duty for me goes from April into uh, May through May. So oh, that sucks. I might be fishing more. Yeah, too. yeah, maybe just I'll leave, it, leave the keys in your boat. Maybe I'll oh, absolutely keep, yeah. it, keep it full of gas. Yeah, yeah, that won't be a problem. But yeah, you can tell when the fishing's hot at some of those places, the, the boat landing will be full of... Yeah, word gets around. Yeah, you know, real that's quick. fisherman talk and stuff. So yeah. yeah, if the fish were biting one day, you can expect to see the the uh, boat landings full of vehicles the next day. You, you can usually tell. But you know what? I usually out. it's a day late and a dollar short with that yeah. scenario. Though. Yeah. You, you, by the time word gets to you, it's like, well... It may be too late. You yeah, should have been here you, yesterday. The old adage the... that you, you should have been here yeah. yesterday. But you know what, Paul? There was, there's days that I've gone out and a number of times and there wasn't another vehicle in the parking lot and I went out and had, had fantastic fishing. I can remember one day on Long Lake that uh, same thing, I was the only guy out there and I was, I had fantastic fishing. You, you gotta, you gotta just go and then. Yeah, well, I mean, people don't really no. do the stuff like they used to. No, and it can be uncomfortable. You know, you go out the That's first of May. It yeah. can be cold. I can remember. Yeah. Remember that time over? We were. The ice was freezing on my guides. It was yeah. windy. Yeah. Cold as heck. Yeah. And we came back to our home lake, and went down in the corner, right where the wind was blowing. Yeah. I, I don't know why we ended up there. We made like two trips by or something, yeah. or just one, and there was yeah. debris and junk in the water everywhere. Yeah. And I caught a beautiful trout. I thought I was hooked on bottom yeah, at first. And you were like, there's no way you caught a trout because there's so much junk in the water. Yeah. There's no way that. And that was like a five pound brook trout. That was a big brook trout. That was. Uh, uh, at first, I, like I said, I thought I was hooked on bottom. Put a, can you put a picture of that on there? Yeah, well, if it's a podcast, no yeah. one will see it. But Yeah. Oh, okay. Just envision a five pound brook trout. I'll put it on, the, on this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just picture a five pound brook trout. But I thought it was hooked on bottom. And the wind was blowing us real bad. So it was almost like we were being blown down the lake yeah. and line was stripping out, but there was no thumping or anything like no. that. And you, I remember you motored over to going towards where my line was. And then pretty soon my rod tip starts thumping up thumping, and down yeah. pretty good. Throbbing, yeah. I remember we got it in the boat. Yeah, that was a big trout. That was a nice that trout. Maybe for once in a lifetime. 
You hope not. Yeah, no. You hope not, but no. that uh, boy that you don't get those trout very often, especially on. And it wasn't. It wasn't very long. It was like twenty-one inches. Yeah. But it was fat. Yeah. It was a really fat. Yeah. Fat brook trout, and Mama caught one. Both the same there, size. Both the same yeah. size. I think yeah. hers was a little longer. Yeah. She in the same area. A little thinner, yeah. but it was. Two thousand ten, I think she caught hers. That was about five. Well, just shy five pounds. Yeah, it was just four and three quarters officially, and that was on the, uh, the, store. On the scales at the store. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, that was four and three quarters pounds. So. Yeah. So that the day I caught that big one, it was a miserable day, and it's one of those things where, I think I mentioned it in another video that, yeah, if I'm gonna go fishing, if I got plans to go, I'm gonna go. Yeah. It doesn't really. Yeah. Short of a thunder and lightning storm, yeah, which I have been there. <laughs> I have fished more times than I want to care to admit in the snow in May. And there's been old, had been well, you many were pretty, times. you were pretty hardcore, yeah, especially when you were younger yeah. about ice out fishing, yeah. I you was, wouldn't even go in for lunch, no, I would sit You'd all day, sandwich. And, yeah, eat and right can, in the boat, and yeah, I can remember when I was old enough to go, keep hammering, yeah, yeah. I gay camming. Yeah, <laughs> I can remember when I was old enough to go. We'd be in the boat, and you'll you'll probably argue with me about this, but we'd be in the boat for four or five hours, and they go, "Can we go in? I'm cold." What do you mean go in? We just get out here. Yeah, <laughs> that's learned behavior. That my dad. And I remember my, I remember Graham saying yeah, to you, yeah. "Mark, you can't keep him out in the boat all that long. Yeah. You can't." Yeah, Dad. Dad did the same to to my brother and I. We would be out there in some awful wind coming out of the northwest in early may and cold in an old you know the boat really wasn't that uh no god he had an old uh, red oh it was an old square stern oh my word that sponson was and uh yeah we barely sat above the water yeah it was set pretty low in the water there <laughs> we i looking back there it was i don't know we took some chances but yeah, it's kind of one of those lakes in particular. And live to tell gets, about gets it. It's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. And people have died on it. Yeah, a lot of people Spring have died. drowned on it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that lake can, things can change in a hurry. Yeah. Wind seems to blow right, right up yeah. or down it or whatever. The, yeah, the, uh, the prevailing winds, of course, northwest. Yeah. And those get a good sweep of all those lakes up there. Yeah. If you look at the lay of the lakes there, they're almost always pointed into the to the northwest, so the wind sweeps right down the right down those lakes. But well, we were on it one northwest. time in the Dad had built this uh it was a Grand Lake or Cedar Strip canoe, square stern. Yeah. Was it twenty feet, twenty one feet? Oh twenty feet, yeah. Yeah. And here we got a nice big boat sitting at the camp and we're out in yeah. a canoe. Yeah. With a six, six horse motor? Six horse yeah. Yeah, motor. So three of us in it. Because he wants to use his canoe. And the wind picked up on that was bad. And we came right across the middle of it. We had to come across the middle of it. Yeah. Square like that. I, 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 I said that day, I said, I'm never getting in that canoe again. Yeah. And, Spring and I and I bought a, a bigger boat that yeah. Well I, you had an aluminum boat sitting Yeah, back fourteen foot with but a still, fifteen horse, but I bought been, a I bought a, a 16 and a half foot with the 40 horse and yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of knew what you were saying that uh, it was probably, we pushed it there. And I did it a number of times I'd on, you weren't there, but with other people and coming back and. You're fine as long as you stay into the, yeah. into the waves. Yeah. But if you get sideways in them. 
Yeah. That probably would have been all she wrote. And I always tell people the problem with me is I have no fear of the water or anything. I was raised on it, for some, you know. We've had the camp since I was two years old. And like I yeah. said, dad would have us out in the boat at four or five fishing all day in some really poor conditions. So I, I didn't really respect the uh, the water like I should have. Yeah. So I, I had no fear of it. Why was but, he such a hardened spring fisherman? I don't know. I don't know. Because he didn't do it. He didn't wasn't serious about deer hunting no he, he would go deer fly hunting, fish during the and he would go summer. bird hunting and he might go fishing a few times during the summer and only then it was to take us we were boys and he you know he wanted to get us out if he was alone he wouldn't do it he wouldn't have gone out in the brooks or whatever but but he would do it to take us and uh yeah i don't know why he was so drawn to that Maybe because when he bought the camp, that's what they did up there. The people that he, you know, that was a traditional thing to do. And he did it and he liked it and he caught some big fish, which will keep you coming back. Will make yeah. you want to do it. You get a, you get a, you know, 28 inch salmon or whatever. And yeah. Stripping that line and jumping. Yeah. And, yeah. That gets yeah, into it, your head and you yeah. know, you're, you're, it'll, it'll keep you coming back. And I think that's what it was. You know, I know we touched on gear just a minute ago, but we'll, Kind of go over some of the streamers we like to use. Yeah. Tend to be colorful. Yeah. The kind of streamers we use. Yeah. With me, Paul, I have, it, to me, the very best streamers have yellow and red in it. That seems to be a... I, I love streamers. So off the top, right at the beginning, uh, Mickey Finn is a very, very good streamer called an attractor pattern that it really doesn't imitate any bait fish or anything. And then along with that is uh, the barn special, which that's, we've... That's what I use yeah. most of the time. So if we're on the water, that's probably on our rod. Yeah. And your dropper that you use... I usually try to like do a... a smelt imitation. I try to do a smelt imitation for for a dropper. But uh, yeah, always... I, 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 have a, I have a lot of faith in yellow and red, the colors yellow and red for trout and salmon. Yeah. And, Which uh, I don't recall what knot you were using last year, but you hooked onto a big. I'm going to say, it's, assume it's a salmon. We didn't see it. Yeah, that was. But uh, it broke you off at the. It, it, it hit your dropper. It, it took off. The minute what, it what hit. What were you using for a knot? Did you use a barrel knot I, or a I, mud knot that was I just used left a, long? Yeah, where it separated was where I connected the dropper to the the fly line. Yeah. And it separated there, and that's that's with a uh, blood knot. Blood knot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that. Uh, Which that, that's how I I do it. I'm not sure if anyone else. I'm not sure of any other techniques to. A lot of a lot of what they do I see in fly fishing is they'll take and they'll tie the dropper right onto the hook of the front fly. Yeah, yeah. I guess I've if seen you're that. yeah, if you're fishing, well, I guess I'll do that with nymphs. Yeah, you'll take a, like a parachute atoms, right, or something that's really easy to see, right. Use that as your strike indicator. Yeah. And then have the nymph coming right. off that, and they they generally put good, it right, yeah, right off the bend of the hook there. That, uh, but I, I would, I would suspect, larger fish having that on the bend of a metal hook really wouldn't would, grab, yeah. Would, well, would put break. undue stress on that, yeah, that tippet material. Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. I've yeah. never, never, I've never done it. That. No, I've never done I, it that way. So, plus you're kind of off to the side with that dropper the way you do right which is 
right. which can be kind of a mess when you catch a fish. So it can be. You want to, you know, you want to keep it short. So yeah. how how long do you go? A couple feet, three feet for the for your dropper? Yeah, uh, probably four or five. Okay, yeah, probably four or five. And I, I my theory with that is, you know, it, it appears one thing you've got two fish going, two bait fish going in the water. And uh, one chasing, it looks like one's chasing the other. And fish yeah. are kind of, uh, they if they think something else is chasing it, they'll, I, I don't know, they're more apt to try to to get in there and they're, take it. Yeah. If, well, they, if they think something else is going to get it, so. Particularly fall fishing, when you go fishing for salmon that are spawning, they're not eating. No. They're not chasing your fly to have dinner. Right. They're chasing it out of. Aggression. Right, territorial and yeah. stuff. They, yeah, I. Some people say they really don't know what aggression or out of out of just their nature of eating flies as a young fish. You know that they yeah. they they take it. But you're right. It's the exact same fishing as Atlantic salmon fishing, in which they always say yeah. they're not in there to eat. They don't eat no. when they're up to spawn. So which and yeah, I'm no Atlantic salmon fisherman. But. No, but they're the same fish. Yeah. Biologically, yeah. Basically, genetically, they're genetically, the same, they're, they're, same thing. they're the same fish. Yeah. So, so there's definitely more efficient ways to catch fish. Yeah. Springtime. I mean, yep. a lot of people will use a, a smelt. Sowed smelt is is uh, very popular. Probably uh, one of the most efficient ways. To yeah. The uh, salmon love smelt. I mean, yep. that uh, they're they're tied to smelt like a bear is to beech nut. The salmon love smelt. And so anywhere that they usually stock salmon throughout the years, they had stock smelt, which was a, a problem like we were mentioning in the range lease. So, yeah. we, so we did, use, yeah, we did use some downriggers. I've tried year. it. I've, tr I've tried it. Didn't I didn't really know what we were doing. No, I, <laughs> I make no claims about being an expert in that. I Or how your down, you didn't know how your downrigger worked. No, no. Figured it out. I think I'm not caught some fish on it. We did, yeah, yeah. I managed to. I was to, making uh, fun of you. Dredge up, <laughs> dredge up. <laughs> so you caught a fish. Yeah, dredge up a few with it. There yeah. uh, can be a very effective way to fish if you know what you're doing for sure. And, yeah. and the fish are there if you're in the right uh, in the right zone. Find them at the right depth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, last last spring we had some good good days to fish. Yeah, we had good fishing. Rate wow, rated ice out. Yeah. It was, I remember the water temp was like 35 degrees or something, 36. It was yeah. cold, but it was like 80 degrees yeah. that day. Yeah. It was, it was comfortable. Yeah. And the fishing was good to boot. Yeah. It was a beautiful day. And those two don't usually, don't no, usually they usually up. don't line up. You're but, either yeah. miserable. Yeah. And my, my dad, I can remember as a kid, he always used to say that, well, you have to suffer to catch fish and stuff. And we didn't that day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe suffered with the, uh, Getting a little too much sun, maybe. Yeah, I know about three o'clock. You were like, I, I gotta get off the water. Yeah, and... it was intense. Because it wasn't windy either. No. And a lot of spots on that lake were like glass. And yeah. It just reflects the. Yeah. I had people asking me though, they're like, oh my God, it was so hot when you were fishing. What are you doing wearing a jacket? I'm like, you don't get the water's 35 degrees, 36 degrees. Yeah. That acts just like an air conditioner. That's You one get thing. a little breeze coming off that water. Yeah, you're sitting on top of an iceberg, it's... basically. Yeah, it still is cool. It is. That's that's transferring cold up out of that water yeah. big time. And I always that's one of the things I always laughed about. We could be sitting on the deck at the camp, 
southern exposure and it, and you could be in a t-shirt and I'd say tell somebody you know hey let's go out in the boat for a while fishing and they keep their t-shirt on I say you better bring a winter jacket because the minute you get out on that lake it's yeah. gonna it's a whole different world out there in May which it is yeah yeah you want to be prepared so but yeah another thing I do too Paulie we're talking about a setup I usually I always put a second fly rod out in a rod holder with a Rapala oh, yeah. on it. Yep. So that's which uh, sometimes that can be the only rod. Yeah. Kitchen fish. Rapala, really good lure to use. That's if if it I. Looks fishy. It, it, it looks fishy. It acts fishy. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, looks, it like looks and acts fishy in the water, and yeah, that's there again. That's all we used when I was five, six years old. That's what my dad used in a on a on a second rod. So, and we always had good luck on it. We always caught. It's good for a kid to use. It doesn't have to do anything. No. Nope. sit there and hold just, it. Throw it in a rod, rod holder for him if yeah. he wants to. Yeah, you don't even have to hold the rod. Just put it in a rod holder. And yeah, so some days that, that rod is the only one that's catching fish, yeah. which seems like we always, the white perch we've caught have been on that. Yeah, they seem to like rod. lures, although I have caught someone, but they seem to be a lure fish. Uh, the uh, the white perch. Yep. And I think brook trout too. I, I seem to do a little salmon. Do, I do well on streamers, but uh, brook trout. Those, they, yeah, they those like tracker the, patterns that salmon seem yeah, really. Yeah, the brook trout I seem to do. They like the Rapala. I use the gold one there again. Yeah. Like streamers, I use yellow and red, and the, the, my Rapala has some red on it where the. Uh, the mouth is and it's a it's a yellow color a gold color so that's the that's the color scheme that i like to use and they do so, and it's a solid rapala yeah it's, not, not, a, it's yeah. not one of the articulated no. ones or, yeah or, i'm trying to think of the size i don't know if it's a nine nine f floating but as you pull it through the water it dives down a yeah. couple how feet. deep do they go do you know well maybe three or four feet the, the deep they go a little deeper than they do, and that, that may be a reason why yeah. some days yeah. you do well, you may do a little better than streamers if the fish are a little deeper. Those those tend to get to uh, fish a little deeper. So, yeah. what speed yeah. do we troll at? Uh, I don't know the actual speed. Kinda, maybe two. Kind of go at two and a half. Just by feeling. Yeah. Or, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, a lot of things you do with like hunting and fishing. Sometimes you don't even. You're just going from experience. Yeah. You don't really have yeah. a, like a concrete number yeah. or a, you know, it's like you're just going one of the, by your gut. Yeah. One you of know, the things old, that you've done in the past. One of the old that were successful sayings or whatever in trolling, you know, you fast for salmon and slower for trout. And if you were fishing for togue, you, they tend to go really slow okay. with togue. They, but we've never fished for togue. So. But I know that they always said troll a little faster for salmon and maybe a little slower for for uh, trout and in close in shallow water for brook trout and maybe a little deeper for you know yeah as far as the depth of the lake not necessarily how how deep your lures are but uh, in close to shore for brook trout shallow water so yeah it was last year we were in ten feet of water. Yeah, we were catching Catch, most of catching the, everything. Yeah, yeah. brook trout and salmon. Yeah, that was a good day. Yeah, we had. I mean, we had another 
day where we caught a lot of fish, but nothing very big. We a little were later, a lot of little small, later in the season, and we went to the same spot, and we did. We caught we caught quite a few fish, but they all ran a different size, uh, yeah. smaller size. Where before, can we were consistently bigger, and yeah. uh, it's funny how that can be. You you wonder where the smaller ones were when you were catching the you know. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fishing. Well, I think that boat covers everything that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like I said, we we got a canoe build that we're gonna start here pretty soon. So yeah, which you thought was gonna be today, but yeah. Mother Nature doesn't want to work with us. So yeah, we're gonna throw some podcasts in there in the mix with everything. Um, so I guess you can listen to Ask Rant, maybe a few lame jokes from us. If we get it up on yeah. some other platforms, listen to it in your car. Maybe at the very least get a laugh. Yeah. But listen to us go on and on and on, get down yeah. some rabbit holes. But yeah, so we'll probably do another one. We'll probably do one a week, roughly. Not very hard to do. Sit no. down, sit down, and talk. Yeah. So whatever you yeah. uh, whatever you want to do, Paul. Yeah. So. All yeah. right. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you get something from it. And I guess until next time, get outside. It's good for the soul. Amen. See ya.